Have your fantasy teams been struggling this year? Or perhaps you've been doing pretty well but want to put yourself over the top? Then make sure to visit our friends over at Finish First Fantasy Advisors. They are the premier one-on-one consulting firm that specializes in providing you with expert support to help guide you to the championship. You will be matched with one of their expert advisors to provide you with the season-long insight for your redraft, dynasty, or DFS formats. Their advisors will contact you weekly to answer all of your questions and provide you the needed information to get to the next level. Set up a free 15-minute consultation by emailing them at info at finishfirstfantasy.com or by visiting them at www.finishfirstfantasy.com. That's www.finishfirstfantasy.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Skull King Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullrude and I've got CJ with me. How you doing, CJ? Doing well. Just uh, finished watching my Saints obliterate the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is always uh, a great feeling on my end. <laughs> um, I did not have as great of a feeling watching uh, Russell Wilson turn the ball over four more times today, so that was not awesome. And a defense that can get to the quarterback now and can sack Josh Allen seven times. But if they don't sack him, they give up big chunk plays, which was awesome as well. For fantasy, it was great to watch on your side of the ball, at least. For the Seahawks and versus bit. the Bills. <laughs> How about David Moore? We both made a good call there. We did. I, I messaged you the second that happened. We were like, uh, David Moore! I was stoked. Um, and so, I Okay. We had we had talked about I had mentioned to we're going to do our Kings and Stings episode. This is what we normally do on Sunday nights. We'll do a, a quick little preview. I do even want to preview the Monday night football game between New England and the Jets. Um, well, Michael P. Ryan is playing in the game. So, yes. OK, that's about <laughs> all we're going to do. Um, that's all we need. We're done with that. I mean, or, or, I got... and, and Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers. Uh, <laughs> My model actually has him having a decent game in this one. So. I, I moved him up since we had that conversation just because of, of our conversation. Just like a little bit. Nothing crazy. Like he's a wide receiver three, but Yeah, like, I think I have him like wide receiver thirty five or something. Yeah, but I was like I was like, sure, he can go right here. <laughs> I didn't actually think that much into it. I was just like when I get that low, I kinda just like don't deep dive as much because the numbers are harder to predict. Yep. So, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go over our normal Kings and Stings, and then after after we're done with Kings and Stings, we are going to do a quick some of our best and worst calls of the week. Real I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't want to talk about it either, but we're going to talk about it because I All think right. I think the people want to hear where were we right, where were we wrong, and let's have a little bit of, of, of accountability yeah. and kind of pull back the curtain and yeah. see why. So and, and try to be better. Try to get better exactly you know? that's yep. why yeah we want to get but be- we want to get better at this and be able to provide better information to you guys so um full disclosure this is the first week i've actually created and used a projection model an actual like deep semi-detailed projection model to work on my rankings and a lot of it it worked out and a lot of it didn't <laughs> so we're going to make some adjustments. Now, again, no, there's no model that's going to perfectly project everything, but I think helping me see the numbers and why things could possibly turn out the way they could will help me. We'll just kind of, again, we'll kind of see how it goes. So um, to get us started off, why don't we just jump into the headlines? Today's headlines. 
All right. And getting into today's headlines, there's not a whole lot that we need to go over. Um, there were a few injuries, but uh, other than that, uh, the Browns have placed Baker Mayfield on the COVID reserve list. We'll have to kind of see what all happens with that. Um, loading up the actual full story here. Um, he's been, I think this is, let's see, it says he, we're informed that a staff member tested positive, contact tracing is close contact, so basically he's been a close contact, so he has to go into the COVID protocols um, and then keep testing to make sure that he tests negative for uh, four or five days in a row. So I believe it's, yeah, it's a five-day total five that he has to go through. Um, that's why we didn't have like Jamal Williams the past week for the Thursday night game because it was a close contact, not a direct exposure um, with that. So we something to look, for, look into that. It should be good to play as long as there's no um, positive test. So yeah. something to monitor for sure. All right. Oh, a quick side note. I should have, we should have done this at the beginning. Um, sad day today. Alex Trebek passed away. Yeah. You know, we're talking about numbers and stats seeing that Alex Trebek passed away that, I mean, that, that hurts a little bit. I mean, I grew up with Pat Sajak and Alex Trebek every night, seven o'clock and seven thirty. Oh, me and my girlfriend watch it on like Hulu and Netflix. We watch yeah. all some of the episodes and try to like guess some of the trivia as we go through. She is much better at it than I am, <laughs> but I have but I have my moments where I'm like come in clutch. So, but yeah, yeah, definitely, de- very very sad day. And for those of you who also I'm uh, in our one of our, our pages, I, I normally do our big page that has like 19,000 people in it. Um, I normally do a, a live stream in uh, Sunday mornings to kind of do starts and sits. The reason I didn't do that, not only Pat Sajak died, I actually had a, a, a former coworker and friend pass away this morning of cancer as well. So it's it was not a good day for me today. So, um, so just again, full disclosure. Um, we should be back next week with the with the live stream. So moving back into the news and notes, back on topic. Uh, the Browns star running back Nick Chubb, who has been out for more than a month with an MCL sprain, is expected back at practice this week. The team is hopeful that he'll play Sunday. That would help an already stout running game. Though that running game has not been all that stout the last couple weeks that they've played. Kamara's been okay, but... I think that Kamara does better when he's got Nick Chubb in there. And the two of them, or sorry, Kareem, Kareem, sorry, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Um, I think that he, I think that Kareem Hunt does better when Nick Chubb's in there as well. And they can kind of balance off each other and play the run game a little bit better that way. Well, you can see that in the stats that he's had. He actually has better games with Chubb on the field, which is very unexpected. I mean, not saying Kareem Hunt can't handle a workload. It's the fact that there's always fresh legs in the field. I think it benefits both of them Correct. to a big extent to get more chump plays, to get more scoring opportunities for themselves. Um, it allows Kareem to actually really hit his stride, which is the passing game. Yeah, He's not a great runner by any means, but the one-two punch they have is just a one-one punch, basically. They're both RB1s once they're both healthy. Yep. Um... The Browns aren't the only team with reinforcements on the way. Source said that the Eagles will have Miles Sanders back at practice after the bye weekend, and wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey should be a full participant. But he's going to injure his calf again or pull a hammy in practice this week. So don't worry about Alshon Jeffrey. As far as Miles Sanders goes, I mean, this was supposed to be his year, and just the health has not been kind to him this year. I mean, that's one of the biggest things with him was like health coming into the season. Can he handle a full workload? We've never seen him be able to 
have the range or in, in the Eagles offense and they're really given the range to one running back to handle that load. Maybe they're kind of second guessing that, but when he's on the field, he isn't 100% RB one matchup proof. You saw him versus the Steelers break off a 74 yard run. So if he's in, if he's on the field, you're basically playing him, yeah. but it's something that I think the Eagles will evaluate maybe going back to their um, rotational in the future, but nothing they can do now. They kind of just got to go into it. And with Alshon, I wouldn't be too worried. I still think that um, Jalen Rager is definitely an emerging talent, and Travis Fulgham is pretty much a, a play based in PPR leagues and, sta- and standard leagues as well, but more so on PPR is the volume they're getting. Travis Fulgham, I really like him throwing him, you know, for the most part, or at least for the first couple weeks when he was still cheap in, uh, in DFS lineups. He has Boy, honestly, did he help me out. surprised me so much. And like I thought it was like a one or two week fluke when more players come back in. And the players didn't start coming back and they started establishing themselves. That's really sometimes the player needs of that. With so I think he's done a great job with the role he's been given in that offense. I think nothing reason to go forward without him. Yeah. So. Um couple of injuries that happened today. Noah Fant uh injured, I believe it was an ankle, was able to come back, but just didn't do anything afterwards. Um David Johnson uh, was uh, got knocked out, I think, in the first quarter with a concussion, and he was running well. He had a couple of nice runs in there before before getting knocked around and ha- get knocked out of the uh, game. Yeah, he looked good, but that's the thing about concussions; they can kind of come out of nowhere. I mean, it shows how much you get the game you would have had with how well Duke Johnson played as well. Yeah, which, which no one really expected to play. It's just a great matchup. It was um, a great. I mean, both of both you and I had him what like a uh, running back six or something this week. Six or six or eight somewhere yeah. in that range. Six or seven probably. I had Aaron Jones eight, so yeah, somewhere in that range. But um, so the process was correct, but but you injuries you can't predict injury. So yeah, um, and that's, that's something we're going to say over and over and over again. The pro- you you go through a process, you do what you can. You can't predict injury. Even guys that are injury prone, you can't predict when it's going to happen. You can avoid people that are injury prone and watch them go off a few weeks. But you're you're never going to be able to predict injury and when it's going to happen. So, uh, Alex Smith came in for the injured Kyle Allen after um, getting. I you talk about deja vu all over again when Alec, when when Kyle Allen goes down, getting his ankle rolled over by a defender, which not only dislocates it but also causes a small fracture. Luckily, luckily there was nothing like gratuitous in terms of how you know in terms of the break or anything like that um but uh yeah just seeing him get carted off practically the same way that alex smith did what was it three years ago that was that was uh on the same field on the same field in the same month yeah like it's it's crazy I well mean, then was... you've got well then just to throw on top of it, you got joe theisman from way back when it was the same yeah. field about the same about the same area of the field in the same month yeah so there's, there's something you just can't like explain it's just like the most coincidental coincidence ever in the most unfortunate way because it's terrible to have any player um have that to have any player in the nfl but yeah um other injuries uh look like uh Stafford at one point got uh, got evaluated for a concussion. Um, Preston Wilson was carted to the locker or Preston Williams, sorry, was carted to the locker room. Um, I don't know if you have any other info on that one. I mean, I was watching that game. He just kind of, I think it was on the touchdown catch they had on there. So it, 
I don't believe he came back into the game. He was having a really good game without. I think he's probably, if he's on the field, um, Tua's favorite target, what I've seen. And that's really um, what opened up more of the Devontae Parker was post a Preston Williams injury with that. Because I think it's one of those situations where, like, the second string is um, working a lot with yep. uh, with the backup and he comes in. And Preston Williams is a great talent. It, coming from last year, I believe, towards ACL, yep. it's very unfortunate what is happening to him. But um, as for raw talent, someone to keep an eye on. Um, hopefully, it's not a long-term injury. I don't, I don't remember hearing too much about it after the fact. But I've, um, I haven't seen any soon. other news on it. So yeah, I kind of saw the play that happened. I didn't really see what exactly happened, and there wasn't really too much talk after the fact because it was such a close game. They're talking more about the play on the field. Yeah. All right, and then the only other major news was the massive butt kicking tonight that the uh, that the Saints gave to the Buccaneers. So yeah, it was. <laughs> All right. Um, we're going to get into our Kings and Sting section, but before we do that, we want to give a, a quick shout out to Dr. Squatch. Uh, Dr. Squatch Soaps, one of, uh, honestly, I absolutely love this company. Natural handmade soaps here in the USA, uh, all natural products, really uh, great sense. Um, you know, if, if you want to get all chauvinist, that's, you know, great manly sense to make you smell like a man. They have absolutely hilarious commercials. You need to go to YouTube and look up Dr. Squatch on YouTube. Their, their commercials are hilarious. Um, but I absolutely love the products. Um, really great to use. Uh, they have anything from soap to toothpaste. Um, I hear that they've got some other things going on pretty soon. Um, they've also got uh, body washes, shampoos. Uh, check them out when you go there, but make sure that you get the 20% off of any order of $20 or more by using the promo code SKS20 at checkout. Again, 20% off of any order of $20 or more by using the promo code SKS20 at checkout. Uh, make sure you do that and you get the deal. Again, going, uh, you know, we're getting close to Christmas. If you want to, you know, say buy something for, um, you know, buy something for a, a, a family member or maybe convince your girlfriend to buy something for you, um, you know, something like that, check them out. Again, great prices, great products. Um, and we, we love uh, being able to promote them here on the show. So, all right, let's move into our Kings and Stings. We're going to start it off, as always, with the quarterbacks. And our number one King of the Week, Mr. Kyler Murray, 37.92 points, 283 yards passing, three touchdowns. And really what did it for him here is 106 yards rushing and a touchdown did have a lost fumble. Um, big game from Kyler Murray. Was not expecting that against this Miami defense. No, I totally agree. I think the Miami defense is one of the more um, stout defenses in the NFL. Very young, very emerging with that. But um, I'm not sure if they were ready for like a running quarterback like Kyler. He was basically a QB1 and an RB1 this week, the way he was playing with that side. Looked amazing out there. The biggest thing to take away, I think, is that he did all of that without really much from DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, this is this is the first game where Hopkins did not see a twenty percent market share or more in since he's been to Arizona and probably the past few years at um, Houston as well. This was more of like a Christian Kirk game, having a deep bomb to him in the middle of the game. Uh, I think he's emerging as a talent that we wanted him to be for a few years, finally getting that chemistry with Kyler and just Kyler looked great. Well, I mean, he played with Kyler Murray at, at was it at Texas A and M. Mm -hmm, correct. So they yeah, so they played together. They so they have a little bit of that chemistry. So. Honestly, I, th I thought that 
I thought that Christian Kirk would have a little bit better year last year having Kyler Murray, but I think what 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 needed to happen is they needed that big number one target to take the ex, to, to take the the solid corner, you know, the, to take the 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 better corner to allow Christian uh, Christian Kirk to do a little bit more. Well, something to think about last year too. Kirk was dealing with a lot of injuries that never took him out of the game. That's true. He was dealing with like ankle and a lot of things like that. He was playing through, and a player like his caliber, he's he's really short area of the field. Um, a lot of the time, a quick slants, things like that, really um, yards after catch player. So I think he's that finally healthy, and he's getting secondary looks. Yeah. He's not getting that first um, corner on him that DeAndre Hopkins gets. The shadow's not on him. So I think he's finally starting to grow and emerge as well with Kyler, too, even though the Cardinals did lose today. <laughs> we talk about all that, and they still didn't get the W. Which I am so happy about after, as <laughs> you know, because of what happened in this next one. Josh Allen, quarterback number two. 36 points, 415 yards passing. It's like the fourth or fifth quarterback to do that to the Seahawks this year. Three touchdowns, uh, 14 yards rushing, and a touchdown. Again, we kind of expected something like this, maybe not necessarily this much, um, especially considering the fact that he was actually sacked seven times in this game. Um, you know, the Seattle the Seattle defense has been working on trying to get a pass rush, and they managed to do that. They got Jamal Adams back today to help with the pass rush. They got, um, you know, they had, like I said, seven sacks. It was a, uh, was it Carlos Dunlap? Is that who it was they they got from? Yeah, from the Bengals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had one or two sacks in this game as well. So I mean, they were able to get to him, but they were they were blitzing so much that they left the entire middle of the field open over and over and over again, and it cost them multiple times. So. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing to take away from this game is that Josh Allen um, looked like he did the first few weeks, which you haven't seen in a while. He's kind of had some down games, and people are kind of starting to doubt him. 31 for 38 on a pass attempt to completions. That's a very high completion rate, especially for Josh Allen yep. with that. Um, I believe most of the target share went to Stephon Diggs, where it should be one of the most um, capable route runners in the NFL. Nine receptions, eight receptions to John Brown, really using his targets. And I think what really is helping him is John Brown back on the field. Correct. We saw a huge dip in his production when John Brown's off the field. Even if it's not like a game like today where it's eight for 99, it's still a decoy. Someone that is making them stay honest by someone like that good of a route runner and that good of a deep threat on the field. So I think he just having like all his weapons back really elevated him today, along with having a uh, subpar secondary to play against. Yeah. Uh, then Patrick Mahomes, uh, Quarterback number three, 30.88 points, 372 yards, four touchdowns. Just a massive day from him that, you know, we didn't necessarily think that, you know, I both you and I had him a little bit lower in our rankings this week. I think like five or six or somewhere yeah. in there. Not because we were against it. Just the Carolina secondary is pretty good. And mm -hmm. so we're not surprised. I think th the game just stayed close enough the entire time that they had to throw. And and yeah. if you have to throw, Patrick Mahomes is going to is going to play well. And so, no, I totally agree with that. The way the game played out, we had, we were higher on the tight ends more than the receiver. Well, tight end, but as in Travis Kelsey is yeah. being the guy, which he re did receive the bulk of the tar reception, ten receptions, one fifty nine. But Mahomes had to throw the ball forty five times. I'm sure that wasn't in the game plan originally because they only had about twelve total carries, two of them counting um, as Patrick Mahomes himself. So we're seeing a lot more of he's doing his thing when he needs to with that. And a lot of the production really came in the second half when they were trailing because yeah. out the gate, um, Carolina came out hot, which is, again, these are things that we didn't predict. Sometimes when game script dictates it, 
players are going to play. And that's kind of what happened today. Yeah. Um, and then honor, we'll go ahead and do the honorable mention. Drew Locke putting up 30 points against Atlanta, 313 yards, uh, touchdown interception, and also 47 yards and a rushing touchdown. So, Yeah, he looked absolutely horrible the first three quarters. And then playing catch-up mode, trying to um, come back. Apparently, like, the fourth quarter is the Atlanta Falcons kryptonite. Yeah. Like, yep. like 100%. Um, but no, he came up, had a great game. Well, great last half to quarter there at the end. Jared Judy is emerging as the star that we all knew we could have been coming out of college. Yep. Um, we both were really high on Tim Patrick this week. I think he's a great player as well to have on the team going forward with that. Um, four for 29 with one touchdown from him. So it's a solid week, but Tim Patrick. So well, and well, and four for 29, he had what nine targets and still only correct. had and only four catches. So yeah. But I think Jerry Judy, again, seeing double-digit targets, that's the big takeaway from that one. And the biggest takeaway is you can stream against Atlanta Yep. again. Yep. There, with that few weeks they had before where they were getting better at defense, maybe that was the mirage in the middle of the week, and maybe they are who we thought they were. <laughs> so... All right, uh, we're gonna move on to move on to quarterbacks. We'll go through all of our kings. Uh, I'm gonna go through all three of them this time, real quick, and then we can just kind of pick up what we want. Um, Dalvin Cook, king number one, again, 38.2 points, 206 yards rushing, two touchdowns, two receptions for 46 yards. Uh, running back number two, Christian McCaffrey, 32.1 points, 69 yards rushing, a touchdown, 10 catches for 82 yards, and another touchdown. Those guys were were hands down beyond everyone else in the league next our number three running back scored less or scored half as many points as those other two guys james robinson 15.9 points 99 yards rushing one touchdown uh two targets uh in the in the in the uh, passing game and uh no no catches there so um those are our top three uh, i mean the first two points to be expected yeah um cmc's back welcome back it's good to have him back all the managers have been waiting weeks he got the workload that we want to see from him the biggest thing um so it's not so much to talk about there dalvin cook is arguably oh sorry about that um you're good can you hear me yep i can hear you cool. you're good for some reason there we go um, i was looking up stats and ad was playing in the background <laughs> Um, but yeah, biggest takeaway for this one, I would say, is James Robinson, who has had a breakout rookie season from being, I believe, was he undrafted or sixth round? Undrafted. Or like undrafted. undrafted. Yeah. From coming from out of nowhere, literally, to being one of the top running backs in the NFL is the most insane part of all of this. And doing its good and bad defenses throughout, I believe he's had, what, two games under 75 yards so far this season? I think so. I'd, I'd, I'd have yeah. to look. Let me pull it up. Yeah. Um, or are you talking about total yards or? I'm l- rushing yards. R- well, no, he's had 62, 102, 46, 75, 48, 29. So he's only had three games under three games under 60 or yeah, three games under 60 yards. Okay. Yeah. So I think he's probably the biggest um, one to talk about in this group. So. Yeah, yeah, he's he's been he's been a revelation. It's been nice to see what he's been able to do in this offense. Again, no matter who they're playing up playing against, he manages to still be productive, um, even even the slightest bit. So, um, 
again, it was nice to see nice to see that he was able to again, this was a great matchup for him too, because Houston's just been awful against the run. Um, gives up the third most fantasy points to the running back position. So But you did what you're supposed to do, especially with a um, a new quarterback under center. We were kind yep. of like uncertain. We all thought he was gonna get a bump in workload. He got about the same he normally gets. Yep in that matchup. So it's good to see that even with the change of quarterback, we're not seeing a change in usage. Yep. All right, let's move on to our wide receiver Kings. Um, Rishi James, uh, nine catches, 184 yards and a touchdown. No one was expecting that whatsoever. Number two, Tyreek Hill, uh, one rush attempt for eight yards. Finished 18 targets, nine catches, 113 yards, and two touchdowns. And then Devontae Adams, I mean, what else can you say? Ten catches, 173 yards, and a touchdown. Honorable mention, with the new quarterback, DJ Chark finishes with seven catches for 146 yards and a touchdown. It helps that that first catch was for 73, uh, 73-yard touchdown. Yeah. So, well, the big, biggest thing I want to shout out is my hometown. Rich James is from my hometown, Sarasota, Florida. So, kind of cool to have that one in there. But no one expected that game from him. Um, Tyreek has been low key, had the quietest 10 touchdown season so far. Like, silent with that one. He's been a great player. We all know this, but we just see him as a boomer bust. But he's been completely consistent all year, really stepped up the game. Adams is Adams. So, yep. we kind of expect that from him. Um, anytime he steps on the field, especially with all that going on. So two out of three about what we expected in those. And DJ Chark, I actually bumped him up in my rankings um, early, as the week went on when I learned more about uh, Luton. So and he's really big on the deep ball, and that's kind of where that's, Richie James – not so that's kind of that's, where DJ Chark makes his money. Yep, that's that's where he, where he does it, so – so. All right, uh, real quick, we'll go through the tight ends. Uh, number one, obviously, you know, Travis Kelsey, 20.9 points, 10 catches, 159 yards. Didn't get into the end zone, but 10 catches for 159 yards, you'll take that from anyone. Um, Jimmy Graham, number two, six catches, 55 yards, and one touchdown. Um, number three, Irv Smith Jr., two catches for 10 yards, both of them touchdowns. You're not going to see that very often from Irv Smith Jr. You're just not. No, you're not. But Irv Smith is an ascending tight end um, with what he was getting used to before the bye week. But I think he's more usable if Dalvin Cook is out. That's what we saw. But he is a red zone threat. So someone you can kind of plug in as like a de- as like desperation. Yeah. Maybe. But I, I still didn't rank him that high. Jimmy Graham, why are they obsessed with using him so much? Well, I think, again, you're looking at Nick Foles who his best production when he was in Philadelphia was with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard when Wentz was out. He likes targeting tight ends. That's always been his one of the best things for him is targeting the tight ends. Um, you know, you'll remember that, that Alshon Jeffrey was, only, again, only okay when Nick Foles, when Nick Foles was there. Um, it wasn't very often that 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 Alshon would would explode for a lot of production. So, uh, for me, I I think that uh, I think again, it's it's Nick Foles has a target that he's comfortable, a big target that he's comfortable throwing to, and Jimmy Graham again, he's a, again a big guy to be used in the red zone. So I think that that's another big help there. 
Yeah, I just think there's like better targets to be used around there. Like I don't understand how. I mean, um, Allen Robbins had a good game today, but I don't. Understand, I still never understand how he's not getting more targets. Agreed. But as great of a receiver that he is, you have Anthony Miller who should be receiving more. The fact that Jimmy Graham is second on the team in receptions, only one reception behind Allen Robinson is travesty. But that being said, you can use Jimmy Graham almost every week. Yep. In fantasy, he's, he's a he's a tight end one, maybe the low end. And people keep, talk, people keep talking about how he's um, – I've heard from a lot of different pods, a lot of different people that I've spoken with, that he's touchdown or bust, but he gets the touchdowns Yeah, more well, often than not. And again, and again, Tennessee is very middle of the road in terms of going up against the tight end position. So this was just a a possible good matchup. You know, just one of those where he he was projected for seven points and ends up getting 14 because of the touchdown. Without the touchdown, he finishes with eight and a half points. Well, it's not even that. I believe he's either first or second in the, in the league with um, touchdown for for um, red zone targets. Sec- he uh, going into this week, I think he was still second behind Travis yeah. Kelsey in red zone targets. Yeah. So. so, I mean, you can you follow the targets a lot of the time. Again, yeah. it's not someone I would recommend playing like with confidence, but you can play with expectation. Yeah, I would. I, he's he's another one of those guys that I like as a as a DFS guy when the mat when the matchup looks even yeah. s- remotely decent knowing the 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 red zone target share that he gets he is a guy that you want to plug into your into your lineup yeah so all right so we're going to go over our stings real quick um sting number one for the quarterbacks mr tom brady that was brutal um finishes with 209 yards and three interceptions 5.36 points against New Orleans. Yeah, with his new uh, fully loaded receiver core with Godwin back. I don't think anybody expected this. Um, but as a Saints fan, I'm happy to see that. But as a fantasy fan, it was really hard to watch how he played tonight. I think he just looked lost. The pockets were collapsing all the time. He wouldn't step in as well as he usually does. One interception was so bad. He just kind of fell back and threw it up. And it just landed right in the lap. I think it's just trying to force things. Um, I, it's a down week. I don't think it's going to be staying this way, especially if they had a great, some great matchups coming up. But it looked bad. Yeah, I mean, even looking at 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 the kind of the rolling the rolling um, rolling averages over the last five weeks, New Orleans gives up right about the average a little bit more. Um, in terms of in terms of fantasy points to the quarterback, and this just I mean, and they've given up the fifth most on the season, most points on the season, and they bleed points, especially in the slot, to wide receivers, six point six yeah. points over projection or over over the average, mm-hmm. and that was definitely was not the case tonight. So yeah, the Saints are just ready for it. They yeah. finally stepped up their defense where we all expected them to be early on. Um. Let me see. And that was that was in Tampa Bay. That's the thing. Correct. Yeah, that was We even saw Jameis Winston sighting. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Um okay, so moving on to our big sting of the week for the running backs. Um you know, there there's two of them really. And and one of them we talked about in our projection show where we talked about our rankings and everything, sleepers and busts on Saturday. And that was Derrick Henry. Finishes with 6.8 points, 68 yards rushing on 21 carries. This Chicago defense, this should not have surprised anyone because of how good this Chicago defense is against the run. 
Yeah, you just have to respect the Bears' defense in all facets of the game. Yep. Like, every aspect of it. Um, I was really low on some of the receivers as well, and they held Corey Davis to zero receptions. Yeah. And the biggest thing was, like, A.J. Brown caught a touchdown, which, like, almost saved his week. Yeah. There. So, like, the Bears' defense is something to monitor in all facets of the game. We both agreed on Derrick Henry. Like, he has every potential to break off a 90-yard touchdown run. But that's what he has to do to have a good game. And he did not come close to that. The opportunity wasn't there for it. So, yeah, that's something I definitely expected. We were lower than consensus by a little, by a good amount, but we still respected Derrick Henry. But yeah. we're not surprised. Yeah, and then the other one, which was a bit of a surprise, was James Conner. Three points. Finishes with 22 rushing yards, two receptions for minus two yards. That game made no sense in the beginning of it. None, like, none whatsoever. Like, how? How did this great defense begin torched by a fourth string quarterback in the early on? How is James Conner not just like gutting them up the middle for chunk play or chunk play? Well, yeah, again, I mean, Dallas, Dallas on the season has been giving up just tons and tons of points to yeah. to the running back position. And then even if you look over the last uh, the last few weeks, over the last five weeks, they're giving up six point eight points over the average over the last five weeks again to the running back so i'm this had everything set up for james connor whether it was james connor or if they had to go with benny snell or anthony mcfarland anyone to have a really good game against this defense and it they managed to shut it down yeah connor only getting nine carries in the game it's just really how the game script kind of like went with the cowboys came out fast they were able to get things going. Um, they were playing catch-up for a while, which, again, can happen to almost any running back in the NFL. But yep. we just I don't think a single person – and we can't always pre games for it. It's very rare we can't, but, like, saw this the way it was going. Yep. So. Um, biggest busts uh, – I mean, really, the, the top one is going to be DeAndre Hopkins. The fact that, that Kyler Murray put up as many points as he did with DeAndre Hopkins getting three catches for 30 yards on three targets, only three targets – you do have to take into account there's a couple pass interference plays true. that get, true, true, they true. get taken out, which are which are like really annoying for fantasy, but really important for like real NFL. Yeah, um, get, being able to get those really help them stay in the game longer, and that's just again it goes to show that Miami had a um, had a plan. They wanted to shut down Hopkins the best they could, but uh, the Cardinals were ready enough to go other places. And Kyler showing how good he is with the other weapons, but this is the first time again. That target share was not there tonight. I think it's just a fluke week. I'd start Hopkins. Yeah, and then and then really, I think it, the tandem of of Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson was disappointing. I mean, Thielen four point eight points, two receptions for thirty eight yards, and Justin Jefferson three receptions for sixty four yards. Part of this was semi expected, simply because of the fact you knew they were going to run the ball all over Detroit, which they did. Dalvin Cook ran all over Detroit, and they just kind of coasted after that yeah they're always content with doing that yeah so if like they get a big lead they're gonna hold that lead they're not gonna pass the ball they, they've been known to do that um i saw detroit doing better than they did today but this goes into matthew stafford has not been with the team all week correct he was he was in covid protocol they're planning on having chase daniel and then he got banged up as well i believe he left the game with a concussion um, did he actually leave the game with a concussion or was he just out for a little bit getting evaluated I wasn't fully watching that whole game. I saw Chase Daniel was came, I, in, so. um, came in and played a good amount of snaps there at the end. So, yeah. But this is a team that's completely content with getting a lead and holding on to the lead. 
So it's one of those things that players can disappear from that team. But I would still start both of them as the Atlanta low end, one high end two, and Justin Jefferson being um, a mid, a high to mid two wide receiver two. So, yeah, I had them higher than that. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, and last but I mean, not going least, forward. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Last but not least, the the sting of the week. I mean, there's two of them really um, for for the tight ends, and the one that we're gonna keep taking victory laps on this. I'm just we're we're gonna do it. I'm I don't care. Mark Andrews disappears in tough matchups and going against Indianapolis, who was the best team in the league in terms of keeping tight ends from scoring fantasy points. He gets three catches. For 22 yards. Yeah, 100%. Like, where he's showing his colors basically every single time. We, he's a predictable tight end. Correct. And when he has the matchup, he is potentially the tight end one on the week. But if the matchup is not there, he just completely falls off because that team can fall off that fast the way they've been playing this season. Um, I don't know if it's a chemistry issue. I don't know if it's a confidence issue. But he's been predictable in, like, the worst way. But, it's again, we've been so prone to say start your studs. And I honestly sat him for Jimmy Graham in a league, and that worked out great. <laughs> I have no shares of Mark Andrews anywhere. I have a couple, but like... um, and and part well, and part of the reason why I have no shares of Mark Andrews anywhere is because he was again project project as you know tight end two or three in yeah. some leagues, and so he was going he was going a lot earlier than I was comfortable taking him. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, the other and the other one that was a, a major a major bust for us this week. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, one catch for two yards on six targets. So, yep. This is something I touched on a little bit on the week, that how we are so prone to we always think about what the beginning of the season is the whole season, how early on the Saints just bled points. They were honestly a smash matchup the first few weeks of the season for tight ends to get like a touchdown or 80 yards or whatever you needed from your tight end. You play in versus, you pick the one versus the Saints. Over the past five weeks, they've really stepped up their game against the tight end um, really strongly. And it didn't surprise me. I think I had Gronk at tight end 14. On yeah, the week. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling it up real quick to look. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, don't have to, I don't have to sit this week. You guys know that. Uh, let's see. Across the board, most of our rankers had him at third or fourth or fifth. Uh, most of them at fourth. You had him at 14th. I had him at eighth. So I didn't move him down as far. Again, my projection model didn't quite have him that low. Um, but it definitely moved him down from what most of most of what everyone was projecting. I mean, the expert consensus had him fifth or sixth, so I was I was below them a little bit. Yeah, the game script didn't go to we expected. I expected more of your wide receivers, but either way, I didn't expect Gronk to have that great of a game because of how the defense has kind of evolved and to be able to stop the tight end. Yeah. So, all righty then. Okay. I don't necessarily. I mean, with the time that we've got. Um, we could do here best and worst pick quarterbacks. I okay. will start. So let me pull up. Let me pull up my rankings. Make sure I've got them right here. Uh, my best pick for quarterback um, was probably the fact that I put Lamar Jackson down around eight um, because looking at where he finished. Oh, whoops. Actually, do it by fantasy points and how much they scored. There we go. Uh, Lamar Jackson was... Gosh, where did he finish? He was down... Yeah, he was down around number 17. <laughs> <laughs> he struggled today. Um, and so, again, 
13, 13 carries for 58 yards and a touchdown, 170 yards passing. Um, and a lot of people had him higher than that. So, Yeah, that's definitely one of the ones. I was kind of lower on him as well. I believe I had him at 10 on the quarterback spot. So that's definitely the one that was a bigger hit for me. I still respect him as a quarterback uh, because he always has things with legs. But, yeah, my biggest hit, I would probably say Aaron Rodgers. Um, I was above consensus. I had him at, but I didn't hit it spot on, but I had him at three. I so, had him at seven. I think we he split us at five because yeah. I think he finished QB five. Yeah, that was one of my bigger hits was going with that one, being um, really aggressive on that. And it's it's crazy how, how many points he scored and, and finished at five. Yep. Was it going into Thursday? I'm like, oh, yeah, smash spot. He's definitely going to be a top three. And he and so many good quarterbacks and so many great matches and played so well that, um, yeah, he just got bumped down. But I'm still pretty happy about where I had him and how aggressive I ranked him. Yeah, my worst my worst pick was I had Kyler Murray down at 13. I thought that the, the Miami defense was going to be able to do a little bit more. I mean, I understand he's got a rushing floor, and I probably should have had him like closer to 10. I wasn't expecting number one number one week out of him. Yeah, I had Kyler Murray down at nine for this one. My big hit was believing Tom Brady was still a good quarterback. I'm, I'm serious, but like the biggest thing was I had him at four. I thought with his weapons coming back, with Tony Brown getting added in, they're going to want to showcase that in the passing and the way new Orleans has been playing versus the wide receiver and quarterbacks. I, I saw it becoming more of a shootout than yep. a blowout. Yep. Um, so I was kind of wanting to see that back and forth. So that's my biggest hit was putting him at four. He was very aggressive on his ranking because with all those weapons that he has at his disposal with having to play either from behind or trying to battle um, a quarterback matchup and going for the um, quarterback uh, touchdown record. There's a lot of things that I thought going for him that did not come to fruition tonight. Yeah. All right, uh, biggest biggest hit on on running back that you like that you were like you made a call and it worked out really well for you. My biggest hit on running is up real quick. Um, his name is Dalvin Cook, and always keep him at one. But um, besides that one, other than that, <laughs> besides the free the free spot, um, I would say probably ranking Josh Jacobs considerably lower than consensus. I had him at running back twenty this week. Um. And he finished yeah. at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He finished at running back nine. Okay. But that's the biggest thing with that. A lot of people had him as a top three or four play with that one. Um, really saved his day by, t- by a touchdown. One more I want to bring up was my ranking of um, – what was – why can't I find him? One second. Um, Jarek McKinnon. Yeah. So where did he finish up? Can you check that from real fast? Uh, Jarek McKinnon finished at, whoops, let's do wider. Or let's do Jarek McKinnon finished at running back number five. Number five. Yeah. I had him at 15. So like fading, uh, the consensus a little bit, even though I was a little bit too far on Josh Jacobs and then being aggressive on someone like Jarek McKinnon, I think is going to help me out a good amount this week. My projection model had Jarek McKinnon and, and Jamichael hasty both finishing as running backs seven and nine and i I had but i didn't but i didn't again i didn't create this projection model until after the thursday night game (laughs) yeah didn't commit to it well i didn't i didn't yeah so i mean i didn't i didn't even create this i so i didn't even know um you know with the way the way that i created the projection model and so yeah so i didn't even have the so knowing that i probably would have had them i would have them higher now of course you know hasty just yeah they didn't get him involved really, and Jarek McKinnon just took off. Well, Hasty kind of um, 
like ran the wrong running play. And then from there, they kind of, you went to restrict to McKinnon. Yeah. I had them both ranked. I'm honestly out on both ranked high. My biggest worst one is probably Mahasty at 10. Yeah. I was a little more aggressive with that one. But again, you, your model came about the same amount. Mine hit him at 10 and 15. You had seven and nine. One of them hit. Yep. Um, so that just shows the Kyle Shannon's offense. Yep. Kind of where, well, and also the matchup. Green Bay gives up the most points above projection to running backs. Yeah. So, and the, going back to the Josh Jacobs thing, um, a lot of people not having him that high, haven't looked the last five weeks, the Chargers have given up below average points to the running back. So, yeah, I probably uh, overfaded. I just, I didn't even know he finished that high, honestly. I think they're giving Devontae Bo- Booker all the run. Yeah. I mean, I had him, I had him at 14. Yeah. So you were close than I was even. Yeah, and most most of our rankers had him at nine, eight, and seven, <laughs> and you and I, you and I, you and I just were not, we weren't buying it. So yeah, um, wide receiver biggest hit. Wide receiver biggest hit, um, besides the free space of Devonte Adams. Correct. Um, I would say being lower the consensus on Tyler Lockett would probably be my biggest hit. Um, ECR had him as a top play. And where do you have where you had finished up? Because I don't have that up on my list. Um, just a second, uh, pulling that up. Uh, Tyler Lockett finished outside the top twenty-five. Yeah, he finished outside the top fifty. Tyler Lockett <laughs> so. finished at. Let's see if I can even find him. Oh no, maybe he did, did finish in the top fifty. Where where did he finish? Did he have like eight points? I don't even have Tyler Lockett on here. I'm trying to find him. <sighs> Anyhow, I had him in I had him in the uh, mid twenties, I believe twenty five, twenty four is where I had him at. Um, so somewhere just that was a really big one for me. Um, another big hit I would probably say is having Nelson Aguilar, pretty high up there. I had him at thirty one, which is still not super high, but it was higher than like almost the entire consensus. Yeah, I I had Nelson Aguilar up there. I had him at thirty seven. So you and I had him up in the thirties. Everyone else on everyone else in Skulking had him in the fifties. Yeah, um, I think that was most people. I think. Last last week was kind of something I wanted to throw out when it comes to the receivers, as well. So I'm really big on that. What yeah, your biggest uh, hits. I think okay. my biggest hit partially, uh, you know, partially on that Nelson Aguilar hit. Um, another one that that you know I had. Um, I think my biggest miss was DJ Chark. I had him down at 23. I just I wasn't I wasn't confident enough with the new quarterback and how that was going to work out, and it ended up working out beautifully for me. Finishes. Wide receiver four. I had him at wide receiver twenty three. Yeah, I mean, I was a little bit higher. I had him seventeen. I still, it's still a new quarterback. Not sure what to do again. I, but I had him originally around those like later twenties. Yeah. And then um, when I looked more into Luton, I was like, oh, he's a quarterback that actually fits the skill set really well for Chark. So I'm gonna move him up into the um, mid wide receiver twos. Yeah, uh, I I missed on that game altogether because I know the defenses are bad, but my projection model had Will Fuller as a wide receiver twenty one. And, yeah. and and that just that didn't happen. <laughs> um, you know, Will Fuller had a decent week. Uh, I think I had DK Metcalf right around that that wide receiver ten or eleven spot. So which yeah, is right I where was, he finished up. I was down on both of them, but I was again the model works well with well my model is a little bit different than yours. Yeah. But I couldn't predict that touchdown. Like, we were messaging and like the DK Metcalf touchdown, like fourteen to twenty points, maybe like jump. Yep. So much right there. Because it was right around where I had him as a um like wide receiver eighteen or nineteen, which right about eighteen where I had him at, which where it was about finished, if um maybe a little bit higher if that touchdown didn't happen. So Yeah, but. I think uh the other the other big hit that I had that I mean for me, 
um, having Christian Kirk. Now where? Because where did I have him? Okay, never mind. I had I had him at thirty eight, which is still lower than a lot of the guys. For everyone listening, as well. So we're kind of we're not as prepped as we normally are with all this. Yeah, we're doing this on the fly. So all right, uh, tight ends. What you got? Uh, Biggest biggest hit. Let's be honest. Is both of us putting Mark Andrews down below the top ten? Yeah. When everyone else had him at three, four, or five. Yeah, that's like been our smash piece is understanding where Mark Andrews is going to finish on the week of um, bad matchups. Yep. So it's been very good with that one. And then the the your biggest your biggest miss. Oh, you're make me say Logan Logan Thomas. Yes, I am. Uh, um, <laughs> I stand by that if Kyle Allen was still in the game, it would have been a completely different game for Logan. Again, Thomas. that was that's an that's an injury issue that you just can't. I mean, you can't predict. You can't project that. Because like if you look at the stats from like when Alex Smith came in before for Kyle Allen versus when Kyle Allen plays the whole game, it's a significant shift of a target share. This is why J.D. McKissick is like one of the highest ranked running backs this week in full PPR because that's where uh, Alex Smith goes with the balls. It really changes the whole script, the way the quarterbacks Correct. come in. So yep. um, I'm off Logan Thomas until uh, infinity now because I don't think without Kyle Allen there, he's actually worthwhile. So I've resigned my uh, presidency of the Logan Thomas fan club. Um, it lasted about 24 hours, but it was a good run while we had it. Yep. Um, <laughs> my biggest miss uh, is Jimmy Graham. I had him down to um, to tight end 15. Um, I just I didn't see it. I mean, I could say Irv Smith, but again, everyone had him as low as I did. So uh, I think moving moving Jimmy Graham down below. I mean, I had him the lowest of anyone on Skulking, um, and I understand yeah. that I understand the target share. Um, there were just everything I had had better matchups for other people. Yeah, and I, I don't mean, know what happened. Why? I mean, sorry. One more thing. Yeah. Hayden Hurst somehow did not. I didn't have him in the top fifteen. You had him what? You had him at fifteen. Yeah. My model had him at tight end twenty for this week. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think he was gonna have a great game this week. I thought it was gonna be more, especially. With Julio being there, but Matt Ryan's passed the ball to everyone but Julio for most of that game. Yeah. In general. Um, one of the things that we both did really well, I think we both had Hawkinson and John R. Smith higher than most. Uh you had him at four. Chris Kuhn had him at three. I yeah. we had a bunch of guys had him at five. The two lowest guys that had him were, were at seven. So yeah. Um and John U. Smith, I had at six. yeah, we both had at six. So So I think those were pretty good. Um, the way that way they played out today, especially if you've been down on John U. Yep. get a pretty decent week. All right, real quick, let's do a quick uh, a, a quick preview of New England and and the New York. Do we have to Jets? Yeah, really, and really, the only thing to talk about, I think, I I kind of like Damian Harris. I mean, in terms of my rankings, yeah. um, again, this is a this is a decent matchup for the uh, for the running backs here. Again, you've got. Uh, let's see where where's the Jets? Where are the Jets? There they go. Um, giving up about average over the last five weeks in terms of what they give up to to the running back, um, above or below projection. But I think just the the matchup works in their favor. Um, and then I again I'll I'll I keep saying it over and over again. I'm a big fan of Jacoby Myers being the number because of the fact that he's the number one wide receiver in this offense right now. Um. Where do I have him? I have him. At, okay, 
You kept him at wide receiver fifty. I pushed him all the way up to oh. wide. I pushed him all the way up to wide receiver twenty eight for this week. I uh, that's because I didn't hit the save button. Yeah, you missed the last, you missed the last publish. Uh, yeah, my last publish didn't go through. I forgot to hit publish on there, so I had a couple wide receivers bumped up and a couple like deep injuries that I just got to pull out. So I have mul- I have multiple weeks that have done that. The yeah. deep injuries won't matter. Those ones won't, won't matter. They but... won't. But it's like the the pull ups. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna bring this guy up. That's gonna hurt me a little bit, I think, unless. Uh, Jacoby doesn't do great, but I think he's have a good game. Yeah. Um, again, my biggest takeaway is um, is Michael P. Ryan. I think he's going to have a great game, him and him and or potentially Frank Gore, because that de- run defense has been kind of not great. Um, having to play nickel primarily, they've been kind of bleeding points to the running back going forward. And I think it's going to be another big game like that. But I think it's going to be closer than what we think it's going to be. Even though it's most likely Joe Flacco versus Cam Newton, yeah, in twenty twenty somehow, um, <laughs> but I just think that that's where most is going to go. And Jameson Crowder, if he does play, I think he's still a good wide receiver three. I think I believe I put him at like thirty six or thirty five. Yeah, I have, I have, I have him around thirty eight. You've got Michael P. Ryan at, at running back fourteen for the week. I've got him at seventeen. Okay. So we both believe in him for this matchup. The yeah. the the New England defense again. Going back to that that Harris index gives up five and a half points over average and over projection to the running backs. So this is a like you said, like you know, like you like to say, this is a smash matchup for um for Lamichael P Ryan and and again possibly for Frank Gore. So yeah, so all right. Um, and there's no tight ends to speak of in this game whatsoever. So yeah, Chris Herndon is just like non-existent in that offense. And Ryan really and Ryan Izzo. <laughs> I like Chris Herndon as a player, but like he just doesn't exist besides blocking. Yeah, that's basically it. So, all right. Well, that is it. Again, we want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to the show. We will be doing our um, waiver wire madness episode tomorrow night. We hope that you guys will take the time to listen. Uh, again, for uh, CJ, my name is Ryan Skullard. This has been the Skull King Sports Fantasy Football Podcast, and we'll talk to you later. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.